This is the Tanakh Podcast with Alex Israel. Today, Yirmiyahu Perek Lamed Bet, Jeremiah, Chapter 32. The word Geula. Geula usually means redemption. Ga'al Yisrael, Redeemer of Israel. But in the Torah, sometimes Geula refers to a, a much smaller or maybe a bigger act. Let me explain. In Vayikra Perak Chafhei, Vayikra chapter 25, Parshat Bahar, we have a case where somebody falls on hard times, they're poor. Kiyamucha Chicha, somebody becomes poor, their farm isn't doing well, and they sell some of their lands in order to finance their debts, their loans. Then what should happen? We're told there, that his redeemer, which means his relative, should come and should buy back the land. That relatives are meant to make sure that the ancestral lands remain within the family. And if somebody within the clan, within the within the family unit, falls on hard times, rather than let them sell their fields to others, to other tribes, to other individuals, in order to retain the ancestral lands within the family, somebody else should buy it back on their behalf. And indeed, this is the uh, case that happens in Megillat Rut. If you recall, in Megillat Rut, we have a situation in which um, Ploni Almoni is meant to be buying back the lands of Elimelech of Machlon and Chilion, of the family of Naomi, and he is derelict in that duty, and that's why his name is taken away, and he's called Ploni Almoni, you know, Mr. Nobody. And instead, Boaz, Boaz is the person who comes, Boaz, with strength, and he is the Goel, and he redeems not only uh, the lands of the family of Elimelech and Naomi, but also redeems Rut. Uh, then this is the famous story whereby the act of Geula is, in fact, an act of family responsibility. It is an act of loyalty. It is an act of putting, uh, you know, situations in history which have gone wrong and putting them back right. The reason why I talk about this is because that's exactly the process that is going to happen in our chapter. Our chapter is set a year before the Khorban. We're told here that this is taking place in the... 10th year of Tzidkiyahu, it's just uh, the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar, and the Babylonian um, troops are massing around Jerusalem, they're besieging Jerusalem, and Jeremiah, the prophet, is um, incarcerated in prison in Chatzar HaMatara, Asher Beit Melech Yehuda. He is incarcerated in one of the royal compounds in Yehuda, and it's at this point that um, God comes to Jeremiah and says to him, The city is about to be destroyed, be about to be captured by the Babylonians. Yirmiyahu is in prison and God turns around to him and says, you know, your cousin, right, Dodecha, your uncle, Hananel ben Shalom is going to come and say to you, buy my field in Anatot. You know, the times are hard and I can't anymore sustain my field. I want you, Mishpat you're the closest relative. You should buy the field. 
this is, I wonder whether in Yirmiyahu even believed this, but this is verified the very next day when along comes Hananel, as God told him, El and says, buy my field in Anatot, because you're the person who's meant to buy it. And indeed, that's what he does. It tells us that he took Shiva Shkalim, Kesef, seven shekels, 10 pieces of silver, and they write a document. And this is recorded by Baruch Beneria, the scribe, and the contract is done. And this isn't just a personal story, because in verse 15, this is meant to mean something more. In some future time, don't worry, people are going to still be buying real estate, houses, fields and vineyards in this land. Now, this is very bizarre, and it's so bizarre that Yumiao himself prays to God in order to understand things. He says, God, I know that you control everything. You created the world. Nothing's impossible to you. But he says, Pasuk Haftal at verse 24, the siege engines are coming against the city the city has almost fallen in the hands of the Babylonians you told me there would be sword famine and pestilence it's all come true he says, I don't get it. The country is going to be destroyed. What am I buying a field for? And God responds and says, you know what? You're right. It might sound absurd, but this city has to be destroyed because of all the terrible things that has happened here. From the moment this city was established, people have been sinning there, he mentions all of the idolatry and the molech, the offering up of their children and the worship of the Baal. But he says, I'm going to cleanse the city, I'm going to destroy the city, but then I'm going to rebuild all of this. Pasuk Membet, he says, Just like I have brought all of this destruction on the city, Likewise, I will bring all of the good which I have promised them. You're saying that the land will remain desolate. Well, I'm telling you that it will only be desolate for a while. But eventually, people will once again buy fields and people will come back to Arei Yehuda, etc., etc. I will indeed return the captives. So this is a fascinating episode with Yumiahu doing the absurd. The country's about to totally be destroyed, and yet here is Yumiahu buying back the field. And this is yet another symbolic action of Yumiahu, where him buying the field offers faith in the future. And that indeed putting the wrongs of history right, but faith in the future. Now, I'd like to maybe establish from this story and talk about three lessons. Some of what um, I'm going to talk about uh, comes from a, a lovely article by Rav Yuval Sherlow in a book, Maftirim Benavi. 
but let me articulate two of his messages and then I'll give a third of my own. First thing he says is that even a Navi um, is not allowed to prophesy something that he, he hasn't heard. And the minute that Yirmiyahu hears that he's meant to buy this field and it seems so absurd to him, he starts asking questions to God. Initially, he doubts it, and then indeed his uncle comes along, Hananel ben Shalom comes to him. That verifies that God was telling the truth, but it sounds so strange to him that he has to check back in with God, and he prays to God, a very long prayer, seven or eight verses, and he says to them, what you're asking me to do doesn't make any sense, and then God tries to explain it to him. So I think there's something very, very important here when we're talking about a book which deals with prophecy um, and false prophecy, that you've got to be very, very careful to listen to another who is absolutely sure that the message he has from God. And here we see just how careful Yirmiyahu was to make sure that indeed what he was hearing made sense and was verified. Message number one. Message number two is ironically that the, the phenomenal power of the connection, the unique connection between the Jewish people and Eretz Yisrael. And what we're really being told in this chapter is that on the one hand, Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, demands appropriate behavior. We're told in the book of Devarim that the land, sorry, in the book of Vaikra, that the land will spew us out, the land will spit us out, the land will eject us, also in the book of Devarim, uh, if we don't behave properly on it. And therefore the land of Israel is spiritually attuned, it's spiritually sensitive, and we have to act the right way. And if we don't behave properly, we'll be thrown out of the land. And yet, and yet, even though Israel is a conditional land, there is something eternal about the bond between the land of Israel and the Jewish people. Even though the people will, in this chapter, are told they will be removed from the land, at the same time, they will come back. At the same time, the land, so to speak, is loyal to the people. And that's the second message. The third message is the power of the, the, the buying land in Eretz Israel. That when you buy land here, it, it expresses a faith, a faith in the future. And I think we can see this within the Zionist movement. I'm sure people have heard of the blue boxes, the Karen Kayemet boxes, where from the very earliest Zionist congresses in the, the Karen Kayemet was set up. A, a fund in order to buy back lands in Eretz Israel to do exactly what Jeremiah did. And this has expressed a, a, a faith on the part of world Jewry that indeed the land of Israel would be restored to the Jewish people. And I'll finish with this story. I used to teach with a wonderful Talmud Chacham, a wonderful human being, a Holocaust survivor, Rabbi Simcha Kraus, Zichron Racha. And one day he got up in yeshiva and you think it was just before Yom HaTzmut, and he gave a, a speech, and he said, you know, me and my wife, we wanted to retire in Jerusalem, and when we saw the prices of homes in Jerusalem, and the, trice, the prices of, of apartments, we balked, we, we couldn't believe it, how, how expensive the, the real estate was in Jerusalem. And then he said, you know, and then I thought back to the Holocaust, which I experienced. He said, you know, during the Holocaust, why did they start using gas chambers? Why did they start using gas vans? Because at the beginning of the war, they had their Einsatzgruppen, and they were shooting Jews to death. But why did the German army 
change their why did the nazis change their policy because it was getting too expensive to use all those bullets he said in the second world war during the holocaust a jew wasn't even worth the price of a bullet the germans had to find more in quotation marks efficient methods which would be cheaper and more economical he says 70 years ago we weren't even worth the price of a bullet and look now you have to fight in order to be able to buy an apartment in Yerushalayim. Look, look, we've come back. Look, this land which was desolate for years, the Jews who, who weren't even worth the price of a bullet. Look, look how many people are here. Look at the, the resurrection of the Jewish people. And so I think that's exactly the message. It seems so absurd in the middle of the Holocaust to think that one day houses in Jerusalem will be worth millions of shekels, millions of dollars. And that's exactly what Yirmiyahu is experiencing. And yet God says, no, there will be a destruction, but there will be a return. And people will still continue to buy houses and they'll continue to buy fields and they'll continue to buy vineyards because Eretz Yisrael is the eternal connection with the Jewish people and I will bring you home. Thank you for listening. Moadim l'simcha.